Welcome to Disarming Persuasion, the podcast for sales and business leadership professionals. My name is Dave Rosenberg, and I am the founder and principal at Locked On Leadership, a consulting firm with a mission to replace Thank God It's Friday with Thank God It's Monday. And I'm Ann Bonney, redhead impersonator and an expert in change management and leadership that people want to follow. Okay, Ann. What are we going to talk about today? Let's talk about networking and making connections. You know, I got out of the networking business. You know, computers just, they got got boring as hell, connecting them up, watching progress bars cross the line. I mean, networking, uh, you know, it's good for some people, but wait, that look on your face, that's not the networking you're talking about. You're not talking about putting computers together, are you? I'm not talking about network marketing. I'm talking about networking with other humans to find new business, to find new team members, to, you know, how to connect with them in a way that they want to be a part of what you're doing. Well, that's interesting. Why the heck would we want to do that? Well, Bob Berg said people do business with people they know, like, and trust. And uh, so we want to create those real connections so that we can persuade uh oh, was it Eleanor Roosevelt? I thought it was Socrates. <laughs> it was Yoda. <laughs> you got me. I'm like, why are you giving me the time out right now? I had, to pull, I had to pull that out of last week's uh, episode. Yeah. Sorry. Well done. Well done. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, people, we were just talking about a BNI group, Business Networking International. And the, the whole point of that is teaching people how to genuinely connect with each other, because when we genuinely connect, we want to do business with each other. We want to make each other successful. We want to work together in whatever way. And so the more we can create those valuable connections, the better off we're going to be in, in whatever area of our life we're looking at. Yeah. being And you were a BNI member, right? Mm-hmm. And I was oh, probably eight years total in my career for two different processes. So I'm very familiar with it. It's a, it's a, by the way, folks, if you're out there looking to jump up more business and you work locally, this is the only caveat I have. It's like my business right now, I have clients all over the country, as, as does Anne. Really tough to do that uh, at a BNI just because they ask you to bring um, referrals, which are not a lead, they're actual warm referral weekly, and it's very tough to do. Having said that, if you do have a local sort of business, and they are international in uh, bazillion countries around the world, uh, so that's I a, highly that's recommend. the current number, by the way, bazillion. Yeah, which is a little more than a zillion, but not quite a gazillion. A gazillion, right. There's not uh, that many yet. Yeah, it's, it's somewhere between, a, yeah. Anyway, um, I was I was an engineer, so math I'm really good at. Um, so they, they, it's it's also about synergy, about like organizations or companies or people who have the same client base helping each other, right? So that's where the really strong connections come in. Right. Yep. Um, and 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 that's the key is as we're thinking about connecting with people we need to find those synergies whether they're from a business perspective whether the way we do business whether it's personality styles i i met a woman today that i met through a women's entrepreneur group here in st pete that i just started to become a part of just to meet people and we found an incredible synergy in our travel lifestyle 
But had I not sat down to have coffee with her, we never would have found that synergy. Right. And, you know, the mistake I've seen over the years, and I've seen it both at b and I've seen it at Chamber Commerce, is people go to connect and their connection is always, here's my business card. Talk to me about your insurance needs. And sorry, yeah. insurance guys out there, but you're the worst at this. Or network marketers. Well, okay. Oh, you're feeling a little low energy? Here's my fizz. Oh. <laughs> This is a secret from, you know, uh, prehistoric times that we man has lost to keep energy. And, you know, back then men lived, people, humans, we lived to a ripe old age of 23. So whatever they did, they were doing right. Gotta be right. Yeah, no, and it's true. And this is when I did a, um, a customer service training back when I worked with Les Mills. One of the principles was get the invitation to coffee. Don't try to get the sale as you're in that initial in, initial meeting. Dave is taking a drink and worrying about that hole in his chin where it's dribbling all down his shirt. But anyway, um, we'll get him a bib for the next episode. Um, but it's getting that invitation to coffee. Don't try to get the sale when you meet somebody because nobody likes to be sold to. You get that invitation to coffee and they're going to want to hear about your business. Well, I will tell you this, they will especially want to hear about your business if first you want to hear about theirs. Right. You know, my my uh, former late co-host, Darren, he was a master at this. Uh, I, Darren and I go back, you know, 2008, so we knew each other a long time, been to many chamber meetings with him. And I'll tell you right now, I used to hate chamber meetings because it got really clicky. Right. This, and, and I, by the, for, for the record, I ended up getting clicky myself just because you start going, you start seeing the same people and it's more comfortable talking to somebody, you know. Mm -hmm. Right. So it, I, I get it. And Darren was a master because people come, you know, go up to come up to him and they'd be like, so what do you do? And his response was, you know, what I do is nowhere near as interesting as what you do. Tell me, what do you do? And get them talking about their business first. Hmm. Yeah. And, and my, my approach to that is similar where I'll say, Oh, here's what I do. What do you do? I mean, just immediately turn it, turn it back. Um, yeah. and, and make sure you're doing more asking than you are telling. Yeah. And the reason Darren did it that way is because he was in sales training, he wanted to learn about your business. So then when he did answer the question, he was, it was more directed towards you so he was better able to ask good questions you know he might turn around and say let's just let's just say you're doing leadership training which oddly enough you are and you're damn good at it communications leadership training he might say he might say to you saying wow so you probably don't have any challenges uncovering uh corporations who are looking for that do you and you'd be like well of course i do oh you know and then he would start digging in and asking questions so i work with you know, entrepreneurs like yourself who don't have a big sales team and need to both deliver and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so now he was tailoring his pitch to the person he was talking to. Mm -hmm. Which makes it more, if you can make it not sound salesy, it makes it say immediately connect what you do with how you might be able to help them. Right. And because he spent all the time asking about their business first, they were more inclined to listen to him because this is the secret, folks. When people are interested in you, when you're interested in people, they're interested in you. I think I think it's Ivan Meisner from BNI who famously said, and it might have been Socrates. I'm not 100% sure. Or John Maxwell. 
or, or John Maxwell. Um, I can't think of who else you were. Oh, Eleanor Roosevelt. Or it could have been Eleanor Roosevelt too, right? But but um, people don't oh, no. care how much you know until they know how much you care. Right. Was that John Maxwell originally? Uh, he was one of the ones. There's a lot of people who say similar. Might have been Henry Ford. Um, you know, I think it was Martha Graham. Who is Martha Graham? He ran a dance company. Duh. Ah, that explains why I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, and it's true. And this is and this is the key to any connection: is be authentic. Be authentic, figure out how to use these great tools in a way that's still genuine, that still says, I genuinely care. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because you now I'm flashing back to my first sales job. Well, after the Navy, because I sold some stuff in, in college and, you know, but what I consider my first real was a full time, like I need to earn a living. And I was selling telecom equipment. The owner of the company, and we're a small company, in his office, he had a bunch of selling um, uh, paintings, you know, sailboats and whatnot. On, oh, on sailing. Wall. I think you said sewing. I'm like, sewing? No, sail. I'm from Philly. So, uh, you know, I, I get you it. You don't things wrong. I understand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Even though we're one of the early colonies, so clearly we're the ones that say things right and everybody else messed up. But I think you've changed it since then. Me personally? You personally. Possibly. At any rate, salespeople would come in, and that's sales, S-A-L-E-S, and talk about the sailing pictures, S-A-I-L-I-N-G. Wow. Um, and yes, I can spell. That's amazing. At any rate, and they like, oh, do you sail? I want sailing, Bob. Ron never sailed a day in his life when he took that office, because, you know, he grew out of the house, and he's like, he went to some, you know, like, uh, what do you call it, a garage sale, and found a bunch of these pictures, because he needed to put something on the wall. And so nobody ever connected with him. You know, that was sort of like his test. So don't just go in and talk about the stuff you see on the walls. Not a good way to connect. Pensive look on Anne's face. I, I don't understand your point. And I'm sure there is one. I'm not questioning that there was. I just don't get it. <laughs> if you don't, neither are our listeners. Well, so this is what I kind of... How many times... I'm the voice for those without voices. Yeah. How many times... Uh, it's going to be tough to get through this one. How many times, though, you know, you walk in an office, you look around, and you start trying to connect with somebody by the things you see on the wall? Ah, got it. Sorry, I had the role switched. I'm with you now. Right. Yep. Right. So, so his name was Ron. Ron would sit there and go like, yo, whatever. I'm not a seller. Next. What are you here for? Right? Because there was no connection. But wait a minute, if I walk into your office right now, which I can see on the Zoom, and I see ninja swords, and I see um, martial arts certifications, and I see military stuff, like, that's a pretty good bet that I can ask you about that, because my dad is also a black belt in jujitsu, and perhaps we could make a connection there. Perhaps. But what if I just like that stuff, like Iran did? So here's, I'll tell you, I'll tell you one of Darren's stories, and this will answer your question. Darren walked into a prospect, turned into a customer, I'll tell you that right now, and on the back, on the wall behind him was a pin from every, you know, they make pins for the Super Bowl, the, right, the Super Bowl, every single Super Bowl since Super Bowl One was in this display case behind him. Now, what would you say to that? That's a lot of hot dogs. A lot of hot dogs. 
You probably think the guy's a football fan. Probably thinks he's, you're a football nut, right? There's, yeah, that's a lot of Super Bowls. <laughs> right. So somebody might who's not real, who's not Darren, right, might go, oh, you are football? Who's your favorite team? I'm a Chargers fan or I'm an Eagles fan or I'm a Detroit fan. Ravens fan. Yeah. Okay. So I, I was wondering. Hey, right. If you want to bring the Eagles to the table, I'll bring my purple camo pants. Okay. And <laughs> if you had done that to this particular gentleman, the answer would have been, no, I can't stand football. Now, all of a sudden, you're not at a connection point, right? You're sort of at odds. So what Darren said is, you're not a football fan, are you? You're not a football fan, are you? Not, are you a football fan? So if you think about asking it that way, what happens is if you are a football fan, the guy goes, oh, yeah, I love football. Oh, who's your favorite team? Right now you can have that conversation. You've now created a connection, and now you can start talking football. If, on the other hand, as in this case, the guy was not a football fan, he goes, no, don't really like it. Now you haven't, you're not, you're not in conflict because you assumed it was a not. And what Darren said to him said, well, I'm a little confused. What's with all the pins back there from all the Super Bowls? You really like Roman numerals. My best friend has the company that makes these pins. Uh -huh. So he was able to connect with him by not assuming. If, go back to my old boss, Ron, salespeople had walked in, saw the selling pictures and went, you're not a sailor, are you? Ron would have said, no, nah, I just bought these pictures because, right? In which case, if it's me, I'd have been like, oh, oh, I'm just curious. If you don't like sailing, what is it you do as a hobby? Right? Oh, I love, and I honestly couldn't tell you what Ron loved doing. Um, but even though I worked with him for, you know, a number of years, but I don't remember. But I love, or, you know, I have, you know, he had a little kid at the time, son. You know, I, I spend my time, whatever it is. Right, you get a genuine response. I love it. I love it. And I like that wording. And so often the wording is so key and having that script for yourself to be able to say, you're not a football fan, are you? Um, and then, yeah, it's, it's, I'm not assuming anything, but I'm interested and in asking questions based on the hints I'm getting. Right, right. So it's not ignore the stuff on the wall, but don't make the, again, it's right. Be curious now. People think, because I'm a redhead, that I'm an angry person, that I have a temper. And I totally don't, because it's blonde under here. So when people start saying, judging the book by the cover. That explains why there. you have that explains why you have more fun. Exactly. Right. What's the biggest mistake you see in connections? Or attempted connections, I should say, because typically they fail. Yeah. And I think it's moving too fast to that work conversation. I would rather, you know, I mean, obviously, if we're in a situation where it makes sense to talk about what we do for a living, great. But oftentimes I want to know, you know, and, and sometimes people say, don't go to these obvious questions, but sometimes they help you to be able to create, to understand those commonalities between us. Um, so the person that I had coffee with this morning, I, I never planned on working with her. So I wasn't, but I was interested in what she was doing. She has an entrepreneur mastermind group and I was, I was interested. So I guess I was trying to find out whether I wanted to work with her. And, um, my first question was how long have you been in St. Pete? 
And she had only recently moved. So we got into the whole, have you, you know, um, what have you found? What have you learned? We were both new to town. And it became this fun conversation between two humans, not between a coach and a potential client. We were just getting to know each other as people. So when it came to the conversation where she was like, yeah, I've got this business mastermind group. Here's the point, blah, blah, blah. I was really interested because I liked her and I was interested in her. If we had sat down and she had immediately started on, oh my gosh, let me tell you about this thing. It's 1995 and blah, blah, blah. I would have been like, whoa, whoa, take me to dinner first, yo. I've heard that about you. I like to eat. No, but that's the point is like, let's, I want to know that you care about me as a person before I give a hoot about what you do for a living. Unless uh, my plums are my plums. <laughs> My plums are leaking and I need a plumber. My pipes are leaking and I need a, you know, like it's a different conversation, but you need a piper. If I'm not already in your, the your, market for it. Your pipes are leaking are and you need a piper. <laughs> my plums are leaking and I need a piper. Wait, what? I don't know. I'm confused. Oh, Here we go. So what's the mistakes you see beside when people are actually trying to connect? They're not listening. I think so often people assume the answer they're going to get or they want to move the conversation forward that they don't let the conversation go where the person wants it to go. They can't listen and be in that moment. And so, and I've had this happen before where they're not responding to what I'm saying. They're not asking probing questions. They're not, you know, they're just kind of jumping to topic to topic. And I'm like, oh, well, you don't really care about these answers. You're ticking boxes. And then yeah. you've lost me. Yeah, that's absolutely infuriating and, and once you're aware of it it becomes really obvious the yep. other one is the one who actually doesn't really answer ask questions right they may ask one question like you know and and, and it sounds like this it goes like this so oh how long have you uh, been in in tampa uh since july oh yeah you know it's funny me too i moved in june before that i lived in in pittsburgh i was in pittsburgh for 15 years and in pittsburgh i did this 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 and this and this, right and all of a sudden it's all about them yep. and but been look, on that date a but, lot but, but look we made a connection because we both moved here recently i asked you a question yeah and it became a lot your answer became a launch pad for my monologue exactly mm. exactly yep it, if you're trying to connect with somebody and you find yourself making statements, you should have warning flags going off. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Totally. Asking questions. And, and not to the point that you're not answering the questions the other per person asks, but genuinely being in the moment, in the conversation, and responding to what the person's saying. It means you can't plan out what you're going to say. But that's how you're going to get that invitation to coffee where I say, oh, my gosh, Dave, we've just been talking for 20 minutes and I don't know what you do for a living. Let's have coffee next week because I'd love to hear more about your business consulting. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yes, you're absolutely right. It's a give and take. It's a dialogue. But the only, right. And the only way to get the dialogue part. Peace out. The only way to get the dialogue part out is to ask questions so the other person gets the answer and then let them ask questions. And sometimes our people are terrible. You, 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 you know, you, you, we're at a networking event, let's say a chamber event, which is, you know, typical and you and I meet. And it turns out you're not very good at asking questions. I actually love talk, connecting with somebody who's not because I get to ask all the questions. Mm -hmm. Well, and Dale Carnegie says if you was it Dale Carnegie or was it Yoda? I thought it was Socrates. 
I think it was Burt Reynolds. But anyway, he says, if you're in a conversation with someone where they do all the con- talking, they walk away thinking you are fascinating and a great conversationalist. If you don't say anything and they got to talk about themselves the whole time, of course they want to know about you now because you, you didn't say anything and they like got to talk. People love to talk about themselves. That said, if you're in a direct sale conversation, yes, that's a good position to be in. But God, it's a bore. Yeah, it's funny. There was, there's a, and I'm going to butcher it, but uh, Disraeli and I think it was Gladstone, who are two um, uh, British ministers, both alternately prime ministers. And there was uh, a woman, name escapes me, but uh, she's quoted as saying, you know, when you talk to Gladstone, you came away thinking he was the most interesting person in the world. But when you talked to Disraeli, you came away thinking that he thought you were the most interesting person in the world. Mm-hmm. I'd rather be Disraeli. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, And when we're talking about a genuine business connection where you are selling to the other person, you definitely want to be in that position. Yeah. And frankly, and selling ideas, selling a product, service doesn't really matter, right? Leadership. If you're looking for persuasion and you're not connected, you're not going to persuade. Right. And if you're not listening, you're not going to connect. I think we said it all. Yep. Mic drop. It's a lame noise because I won't actually drop my microphone because I spent a lot of money for it. So I'm just setting it down and making a clacking noise. There we go. Because actually, I don't hear any noise when you do it. So. Oh, there you go. Hold on. There we go. There it is. Yeah, there All right. Now go. I know how to do it. We got our fully set set. Yes. No. I don't know what that means, but yes. The fully set is where they do the dub the sound effects in movies. You know, the two coconuts. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so real quick, fun story. I ran, where were we? We were in Provo, Utah. I met up with my friends, Lori and Debbie. We meet up every year to do a half marathon. They're doing a marathon in every state. So we had to do Utah. So we did Provo at Halloween. So we were all in Halloween costumes. And there was a guy dressed like the guy from Monty Python, Search for the Holy Grail, with the coconuts for 13 miles. It was, and he had the music. It was, he was my favorite costume ever in the history of costumes. Whoa, Patsy. Oh my God. It was so funny. The whole freaking way. <laughs> Where'd he get the coconuts? Maybe a swallow uh, dropped them. What kind of swallow? Is it African or European? What's the flight philosophy of an unladen swallow? Sorry, I, oh, I, one of my favorite movies ever. Wow. I thought I knew a lot of it, but I didn't know that part. A huge rabbit with his massive fangs. God, this is the dumbest movie ever. That was the worst ending to a movie other than Gone with the Wind, which made me so angry. I've never watched it again. Frankly, Scarlett, I just don't give a damn. Don't give a damn. Wasn't that Burt Reynolds? All right, well, you should have pretty much dropped the mic and all of the quotes at this point. Next time, we promise to be just as ridiculous and just as insightful. Thanks if you're still listening, the two of you out there. I love you, Mom, and we'll talk to you next week. Talk to you next week. By the way, it was Socrates. That concludes another episode of Disarming Persuasion. This is Dave Rosenberg, and you can find my website at LockedOnLeadership.com. And this is Ann Bonnie at yourchangespeaker.com. Remember, if they fail to make a decision, you failed to disarm them. <laughs>